morning, everyone, <clears throat> and happy Father's Day. I hope you've had a good day already this morning, and uh, glad that you're here today, glad that you've chosen to be in the house of the Lord, uh, whether in person or online, we welcome you and uh, pray that you'll be blessed today by hearing God's Word and being in the presence of God's Word and God's teaching this morning. If you're a visitor with us this morning, if you would take out your cell phone, if you're an online visitor or in person, take your cell phone and text the word welcome to 704-459-5575. And that's in your bulletin. That's on the inside cover of the top page of that um, in your bulletin. But we are glad that you're here. There, you're, if you're online, there's a bulletin that you can download as well to, to keep up with all the activities this week. Uh, we do have Bible school starting tomorrow night through uh Thursday night, I guess y'all might have saw that. Y'all might have put two and two together, didn't you? Didn't it look good? Give them a hand for <clears throat> all that. And uh, it's going to be a great week uh, uh, for, for the kids and for the adults alike. It, it, it's going to be a, a good time as we uh, go to Destination Dig and, and dig up some of the truths of God's Word this morning and this week. Um, also, in your bulletin, uh, there's a a fundraiser car show next Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, and we're glad that you're, uh, or hope that you'll be a part of that, come out, and man, we had one a couple of years ago and had some really nice looking cars, so uh, make plans to, to attend that and be a part of that uh, next Saturday. Um, also, I've got a, here a magnet that you will find New Old Baptist Church, just something to get our identity out there. You will find one on your car uh, when you leave here. If you need some extra ones, feel free to, uh, uh, to, to, to let me know. We'll get you one. Uh, but we wanted to say Happy Father's Day and, and uh, again, just uh, promote the New Hope where we can share the gospel with other people, where people can come and hear the gospel, where lives can be changed, where we can be a part of changing the world, the dark world that we live in today. Let's begin our worship this morning with uh, Scripture. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed are the man whose quiver is full of them, for they will not be put to shame. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you are a great, a good, an awesome, and a, and a perfect Father. And so, Father, as we approach Father's Day, we understand that, that no father is perfect. No father comes close to our Heavenly Father. And so, God, we look to you ultimately because you are the essence of love. 
You are the essence of kindness and grace and mercy. The essence of forgiveness and peace. And so, Father, may we draw upon your wisdom. May we hold on to your wisdom, God, and apply it to our lives. And, Father, as we open our word today, open your word today, God, may our hearts be open to your teaching. Transform our hearts and transform our lives today and forevermore. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
been blessed already today? Amen. It's a good day, isn't it? Even if it's raining outside, the sun of God is still shining. Amen. Praise God for that. Again, happy, happy Father's Day uh, to everyone, uh, to all your, your dads. And uh, as Mo said, you know, some of our dads are passed on in glory, we pray. And uh, what have we learned from them? Uh, what difference did they make in our life? What difference can we make in our children's lives? What difference can we make in our grandchildren's lives? Whether you're a, a mother or a father or brother, sister, aunt, uncle, whatever it might be, we still have an opportunity to be an influence in their life, right? Uh, maybe it's just a friend to be a mentor or something, but uh, today we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 3, and we're continuing on in our series of, of uh, series 316 where we're looking at uh, chapter 3 of a number of books in the Bible. This week it falls in, into Proverbs. And uh, when, when I was thinking about the Father's Day message for today and trying to work it into, a three, six, into the 316 series, I wanted something appropriate for the day. And man, right as we're moving on through the Old Testament, Proverbs Chapter 3 uh, fits right in. And as I was beginning to, to, to put this together and, and thinking about Father's Day, I started reflecting on the things my dad taught me. You know, just, just some of the things. You know, how to, how to throw and catch a ball. Just the simple things. How to tee a ball up. How to hit it. He never taught me how to not to slice it, but how to hit it. A golf ball anyway. He taught me how to throw a pass, how to shoot a basketball, play all different kind of, all different kind of sports. He taught me how to, how to bait a hook or clean my gun. He taught me how to use certain tools, different tools like the shovels and rakes and picks and mattocks and, and all that, saws and drills, all the you know, different kind of tools. He taught me how to behave in different settings, and I listened most of the time. <laughs> But then he brought discipline when I didn't, and we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes too. But he taught me by example to, uh, to love my wife, to love my kids, to love my grandkids. And, and as I continued thinking, I thought, you know, what have I taught my children? What have I taught my girls and, and my grandkids? Probably not enough. There's more I should have taught. There's more... I could have taught them to make them even better. Man, they're tremendous. But I know I left out a lot of life lessons that, that they could, could use and, and apply. But I tried to pass on many of the, the lessons I taught down to, to my girls. And, and we tried to teach them the various life skills that would, that would help them become the, the women God wants them to be. And my grandkids, I... I taught Knox. Where's Knox? Knox is here this morning with us. And, and when he was learning how to talk, I taught him how to speak Chinese. <laughs> I did. I saw And he would say it back to me. And so we had our own little secret language there. Just between us. <laughs> but Proverbs 3 includes some of the the very valuable lessons for, 
for dads or parents, grown-ups alike, for, for everyone that we can live by and that we can pass on to our kids, to our grandkids, to our nieces and nephews, to our neighbors, whoever it might be. So let's, let's get our Bibles out and dig into to, to Proverbs chapter 3. Again, uh, Vacation Bible School next week, Destination Dig, Unearthing the Truths about, about Jesus in Jeremiah 29. Verse 13, but this morning we're going we're gonna to dig into Proverbs chapter 3 and uncover some truths that are found there. Uh, five truths in, in, in particular, the valuable truths that we can hopefully apply to our life and, and put them into practice, pass them on down to our kids and grandkids. Uh, Solomon, the author of, uh, of the proverb, is, is pointing out to his son some of the truths to live by, some of the truths of life and to live by, to, to hold them close, to, to make it a part of his life. And, and he's giving advice about the benefits of finding wisdom and what we go through sometimes, what it takes to find wisdom. We talked about wisdom last week, uh, hope from wisdom last week. You can catch that on our podcast from last week or, or the website, either one, but we're kind of continuing that theme on today in finding, holding on to wisdom and applying it to our life. And so as we look into Proverbs chapter 3, the first truth we can under, uh, uncover is to follow God's teaching. Follow God's teaching. In verse 1 it says, My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. And so first, this first one starts with us. It's got to begin with us. We have to know God's Word and, and hold it in our hearts and make it a part of our lives. We have to be an example for our children and grandchildren. The fact that you're here today, the fact that you're tuning in online shows that you're interested in passing these truths on down to your children, to your grandchildren, making it important to your life. And so when we live uh, according to God's words and the teachings of the Lord, it will lead to a good life. You know, if, 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 if we follow God's teaching, we're going to be a good person. We're going to be an honorable person. We're going to be a person that, that people desire to be around, to associate with when we follow after God's Word. And so we have to follow God's teaching to let it be a part of who we, who we are. Truth number two is to be committed to love and faithfulness. We have to be committed to love and faithfulness. In, in verse 3 it says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Put them on public display. You know, when you, you see people that have chains or necklaces on, they put that on so people can see it, right? And so that's what we're talking about here. Let people see that in our life. Let people see the love that we have for, for, for the Lord, for our, for our wives, for our family, for our children, and then to be faithful. Love the Lord. Love your wife. Love your husband. Love your children. One of the best things a, a, a man can do 
for his wife or for his children or for his family is to love his wife. Think about that, men. One of the best things a man can do for his children or for his family is to love his wife. To honor his wife. To lift up his wife. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, are we doing that? Are we giving our life? Are we loving our wife in such a way as that? Are we setting a, a good example in our, in our marriage for our family, for our children to see, for our brothers and sisters to see, for, for the rest of the, our associates to see? What do our children see in our life? What do our children see uh, the way we live life? How, how are we treating and, and loving our spouse? How do we handle marital conflict? How do we, uh, or do we, outwardly express our love and affection for each other? Studies have shown that, that many daughters grow up to marry men that are similar to their dads. And so men, I want you to consider yourself this morning. I want you to consider your life and your habits and your your various ways, your personalities, the way you respond. And, and, and listen to this question. Would you want your daughter to be married to someone like you? Would you want your daughter to be married to someone like you? And let's turn the table. Moms. Would you like for your son to be married to someone like you? Would you like for your son to be married to someone like you? Would, would we like our children to grow up and marry someone like us? If not, we need to become the man or the, or, or the woman that we would approve of. What is it in our life when, when those thoughts just went through your mind, what was it that you didn't like? What was it in your life, in your heart, that you say, oh, I hope her husband don't have this attribute, or I hope his wife isn't like this, because I see that in myself. You see, if we're not the person we would like our children to grow up and marry, we need to think about what it is we need to change what it is in our, in our life we need to, to, to approve uh, or to prove upon. And so what changes in your life today needs to take place? We have to love, demonstrate love to our family, to our spouse, to our children, to our parents. have to be faithful, faithful to the Lord and faithful to your wife, to your husband. You see, when we're faithful 
and, and filled with love, other people are going to see that. It's going to be wrapped around our neck. We're going to be adorning it for, 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 for other people to see. And when love and faithfulness are on public display, others are, are going to recognize it. They're going to see us for, for who we are. And when we do, it says in verse 4, it, we will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man when those are on display, when we're living that out in our life. Love and faithful, make be a part of who we are. The, the number three is is a familiar truth to to all, probably all of us. In verse, uh, and the, the third truth is we need to trust the Lord and, and lead our children to do the same. Are we trusting the Lord in every aspect of our life? Are we teaching our children to trust the Lord? In verse 5 it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him or acknowledge Him. Submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord and submit to His Lordship in your life and He will make your path straight. This isn't an option. This is written as a, as a command for us. Trust in the Lord. So many times, especially in our world today, we're, we're trusting in ourselves. We're trusting in what we think is right. <clears throat> uh, G.K. Kesterson said, It's often supposed that when people stop believing in God, they believe in nothing. Alas, it was worse than that. It's worse than that. When they stop believing in God, they believe in anything. You see, without God, our only standard of trust, our only standard of, of right and wrong, it becomes whatever appeals to us, whatever. There is no standard. There's nothing that, that is right and wrong. The standard becomes whatever we want, whatever we like, whatever we desire, whatever we accept. And that's where our world is today. It's all up to, you know, just do it. If it feels good, just do it. That's where our world is today. But God's Word says that Jesus is the standard. That He is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. That we can't live according to our desires and our will and our standards. The Bible says that we have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And so therefore, our standard and our morality isn't pure. It's tarnished. It's not right. And when we don't believe in and don't follow God, we'll believe in anything and follow anything. And oh my, that's where the world is today. Following anything and everything. And so let, let's ask ourselves this morning, are we living by God's standards? Are we trying to live up to God's expectations or are we living by our morals and our standards to what feels good? what we think is best, what we think is right in our own mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
truth number one was to follow the teachings of, of God. Number two, be committed to love and faithfulness. Number three, trust the Lord. Number four is to teach our children generosity, to live by generosity and teach our children generosity. It says in verse 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. This is a promise from God. If we honor God with our, with our first fruits, with our wealth, then He will bless us. But see, we need to be examples for our children in everything we do, yes, even in our finances. When we're faithful to God in our finances, He'll be faithful to us. But let me ask you, do we just throw a, a $20 bill in the, in the plate every now and then, or do we not give it all because we're upset with something or, or someone? Are we not giving because difficult times are, are upon us and set in on us? Or are we glorifying God with our debit cards, with our checkbook, with our finances? You see, giving is, a, is an act of worship. It's an expression of what's going on in our hearts. And we give to God from our first fruits, the best that we have, not the leftovers. And when we do, it says we, we trust God with our finances even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it doesn't make sense, we trust God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and 26 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not your life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they are neither, they neither sow nor reap nor gather in, into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Are we truly trusting God in, in all areas of our life? The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Let's be honest. The Lord knows us through and through. He knows, he knows us better than ourselves. He made us, remember? He put our personalities in, in place. He knows who we are. He knows what we're like. And, and our money... The way we handle it is a benchmark to find out whether indeed we acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways or not. The way, with, the way we deal with our money clearly shows whether we want to serve the Lord just with our mouths or with all of our resources. Are we trusting the Lord in, in every aspect of life? Are we demonstrating generosity? Are we teaching our children about generosity? We had all the grandkids over for a Father's Day meal last night, and, and you know, it's, it's mine, no mine, mine, no mine. I want this, I want that. You know, and so we have to, we have to share a little, and teach, had a little teaching moment of generosity, letting them share and giving and 
Are we teaching our children as they grow up to be generous people, generous adults? The fifth and final truth found in Proverbs chapter 3. We need to help them learn to face and handle adversity. Any of y'all handled adversity lately? Before in your past? Okay, maybe you're, maybe you're mired up in it right now. If not, it's probably coming our way, right? You know, oftentimes, when times are tough, when difficult days are on our doorstep, it, it may seem too difficult to, to be generous, but we need to demonstrate how to, how to live as Christians in the midst of hardship. It, it might just be through those hardships that the Lord is trying to discipline us. He's trying to grow us and develop us into a better people. In verse 11 and 12 it says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent His rebuke because the Lord disciplines those He loves as a father the son He delights in. You see, God uses times such as that to, to grow us, to develop us, to mold us, to shape us, to make us stronger and better people, and to make us and to allow us to have a better witness. We can look back and say, look what God brought me through. Look how God delivered me here. Look how God worked in my life here. Or maybe for you it's ministering to somebody else that's going through the something very similar we need to teach our children and and help them understand that that life's difficulties can be God's growing us becoming the people that that Christ wants us to be how many of us like difficult times <laughs> nobody do they man it's good when life just coasts along doesn't it but we have those bumps in the road, those curves in the road that sometimes God tries to get our attention with. And He does that to bring us back, bring us back into check and, and hopefully to grow us a little bit more in Him. But it's through all of these experiences, all these experiences that help us develop wisdom that we can apply to our lives and become better people. One definition of wisdom is the quality of having experience and knowledge and good judgment. Another is the ability to know how to use and apply the knowledge that we have. You see, wisdom is gaining through our collective experiences, gaining knowledge through our collective experiences. It means going through those trials and difficulties, those good times and bad times. And as we do, we learn from them. And Solomon says, to cling to wisdom and be blessed. Cling to wisdom and be blessed. You see, when we live by the teachings found in, in Proverbs chapter 3, we're blessed, we are a blessing to other people, and we're a blessing back to God. And so I want you to listen to how Solomon concludes this chapter as he describes the benefits of wisdom. See, all the heartache that we go through, all the hardships and difficulties aren't just to make us go through them but it's used to grow us and to grow us more like Christ. And he describes the benefits of wisdom. He says, blessed are those, in verse 13, blessed are those who find wisdom, 
those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. He's basically saying wisdom, seek it. Find it, treasure it, keep it, and hold on to it. In verse 21 he says, My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be like life to you, an ornament of grace to your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. You see, wisdom will give us a peaceful life. He concludes with verse 33. The Lord's curse is not on this house of the wicked. I'm sorry, the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but He blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. The wise inherit honor, but the fools get only shame. Let me ask you this morning, is Jesus part of your family? Is He an integral part of your family? Does He have a place in your home? Is He a part of your family decisions? Do you pray about the decisions that you make? Is He the Lord of your life? And can we say today, as Joshua did, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Are you saying that? Can you say that today? Or as for me and my house, we are serving the Lord. Or maybe today it is for me and my house. Starting today, we are going to serve the Lord. You see, the Lord wants us to honor Him with our words, with our thoughts, our deeds, our finances, our families, our homes, every aspect about us. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What about your house? Maybe today is the decision for you to say, today we are going to serve the Lord. Maybe this morning you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the first step of honoring God and honoring Jesus and serving God in your household each and every day. Maybe this morning, as a family, you want to come to the altar and say, Today, me and my house will serve the Lord. Maybe today is for you. I know that as I looked and reflected on my life just a little bit earlier, where are the deficiencies in my life that I need to change? There are some correction that needs to take place. Is that, is that something in your life that needs to be brought to the Lord this morning? Maybe a, a time of silent confession before the Lord. Whatever it is that, that God has laid on your heart this morning, however it is God has spoken to your heart this morning, the invitation this morning is from God. It's not from me. It's not from New Hope.
from God. And He wants us to be able to say when we leave this place today that today, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Can you make that decision today? Only you can make that decision. Let's pray together. Almighty God, as we look at the teachings of Solomon here, God, we're reminded the importance of trusting in you, following your teachings, demonstrating love and, and faithfulness, being generous, grasping wisdom and allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to be the leader in our home. Father, whatever it is that you've spoken to your people this morning, God, I pray today that they would hear your voice, that they would respond to you in whatever fashion you see fit. Hear our prayers, O oh Lord. And may we be a blessing back to you today and forevermore. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. <clears throat> oh.